With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Come to Sam Ash for hundreds of exclusive holiday deals on music and sound gear from the most iconic brands. Save big on professional and starter guitars, drums, digital pianos, horns, violins, DJ, and electronic production equipment. Supercharge your home studio with deals on podcasting, streaming, and AV equipment like speakers, microphones, headphones, and acoustic treatment. Plus, with 36 months no interest financing on thousands of items, you can get the gear of your dreams right now. From our incredible selection and service to our lowest price guarantee for over 95 years, real musicians know you only go to Sam Ash. Bruce Arians here with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. During these difficult times, it's important that we all show we care about our community's health. You could spread COVID-19 without knowing it. Wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your distance from each other, stay strong, and go Bucks. Realizing my potential has been what my career has been all about. Things that I've dreamed about have actually come true. The Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Unbelievable. Things have happened in my life as I kind of hoped they would happen. It's been, I mean, just a complete evolution. You know, how I just kept kind of fighting and clawing to continue to, to power forward. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep trying to make progress. So when I look at over 20 years, I look, look how far I've come. But there's not one step that I took where I realized, look how far I've come. But those series of steps that I put together, um, I go, wow, that's, man, that's quite a journey.
the Sports Web, a sports talk show for the hardcore fans. Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of the Evolution of Sports Talk Television here, live on Bucks Report, a part of the Landry Football Network. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake. Giving you something to think about. And as we always start off the sports web on this Tuesday night, as you can tell, I'm just a little bit excited, right? Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. On tonight's show, we will have Mr. Rick Hughes coming up here in just a couple minutes from the cheap seats. It's your Buccaneer night. So jump on the phone lines. Don't be shy. Don't let the pro football edition scare you away from talking Tampa Bay Buccaneer football. 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. And then we will have Kenny Morales of Spectrum Sports at 11 o'clock, of course, talking about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But there is another Tampa Bay team that has kind of stolen it tonight, right? Stolen the limelight from the sports web, and that's okay. Boy, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to go out to the phone lines, but let's hold up here. The Tampa Bay Lightning defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets in five overtimes. You heard me correct, uh, and Matt's getting ready to talk. We'll get uh, Rick Hughes on here, but 150 combined shots, the game winner by uh, Braden Point. The Lightning have not won a playoff game since 2018, of course, being swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets last year in the first round, four straight. So how good does it feel to be a Tampa Bay Lightning fan tonight? And I get it. It's a football show, but this is the sports web. If you want to get in on the phone lines and share your thoughts about the Tampa Bay Lightning or anything else in the sports world, we'll definitely open it up for you tonight. Without further ado, though, Let's go ahead and get Mr. Rick Hughes on. And I know you were watching that game. What an amazing game. Five overtimes. I mean, I watched it, but I was more listening to it on the iHeartRadio app. And and then, you know, me and Al are listening to it. I'm trying to get him ready. And then next thing you know, I look at my watch. I'm like, it's nearly <laughs> showtime. Yeah. I, I've got to turn this show. I got to turn this off. I got to go to work here. So. <laughs> Your thoughts on that Tampa Bay Lightning win tonight over the Blue Jackets? I, I'm, I'm exhausted. See, I, I'm also an Orlando City fan, mm-hmm. so and I'm I, they've got their game that's going on right now, and I, there's no way I have to even begin to think about the three o'clock Lightning game running into the eight o'clock Orlando City game. I mean, there's there's time for dinner and you know whatever in between, and doggone it if they didn't run over each other. I mean, it was insane. I could not believe it watching it. I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm too old for this. I keep thinking of Danny Glover in uh, Lethal Weapon. I'm just (laughs) too old for this, man. Yeah, it's definitely too old for this. And I didn't think the game was going to end. You know, great goaltending by Andre Vasilevsky. I can't think of the other uh, goalie, but they had great goaltending last year uh, and it killed the Lightning. But this is a big time win. I mean, uh, there was thoughts of possibly losing Hedman uh, for a little bit. He played in the game. Of a course, have Steven Stamkos uh, in yet. So if they can get him back. But I, I, how important was it to get off to a great start versus the Blue Jackets? Man, they almost played a triple header tonight. They play. You know how you, <laughs> you know how the, uh, the Lightning lost four straight last year? Well, they won three of them tonight. I yep. mean, it's it. it if they lost this game, the series was – they were in trouble. I mean, this was massive. 
Because if you can take a team this deep, you, you fight this hard, you give everything you've got for eight periods, and then you lose the game, you've got to walk out and feel like we cannot beat this team. It doesn't matter what we do. But instead, you're walking out now, now feeling like you've you've shaken off the dust, you've exercised the demons. Now we can play some hockey. And I will say this about the Lightning. That's a whole different hockey team than last year. They didn't look the same at all. They're hitting. They're playing more physical. It's just it's a it's a completely different team. Yeah, and I'm looking at some comments right now. Uh, I got a, a guy by the name of Michael Walker who's saying Rays are winning 8-1 to one over Boston, so it's a good night to be a Tampa Bay nice. fan yeah. in general. But let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I uh, didn't get a chance to get to this type of information, but it's definitely important. Uh, they could be adding depth to their defensive line in Xavier Williams. He's played for the Cardinals in 2015 and 17, so Bruce Arians is familiar yeah. with him. He was taking uh, a physical... I haven't really heard about it, but played in two playoff games <coughs> last year for the Chiefs. Uh, his best year in 2018, 47 tackles, two and a half sacks, 36% snaps uh, there. So uh, they're definitely looking to add depth, as our, our good friend Johnny Dean, the professor, would say to that defensive line. Uh, in your opinion, well, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines because these people want to talk. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. So let's go out to Mr. Mike Walker. Welcome to the evolution of Sports Talk Television. You're on with yours truly along with Rick Hughes here on the evolution of Sports Talk Television, the sports web. What's on your mind? Hey, I don't know if you remember me. This is back to oh, Of course I remember you. Give me, give, me, give me what you do. Do what you do, my friend. Uh, yeah, Come on. After watching this hockey game, and I'm watching the Rays, Let's create this Boston 8 1 right now. Uh huh. And the hockey game started at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> extended. So, you know what? Two, Tampa Bay wins hockey and baseball. Here we go, Pete. Morning, Tampa Bay. All right. Well, good night. Thank you very much. I remember who you are. He, uh, This would be Mike Walker here. does his own little show uh, that we yeah. definitely got to uh, get him on sometime on the sports while we met him out at Ferg's. Uh, what else oh, is on God, your mind yes. tonight, boss? You know what? I'm so tired. My, I mean, you're running. I'm a diehard hockey fan. What the Rays are doing now too—it's just—it's great to be a Tampa Bay person. Yeah, it is, and I think there's a lot of excitement having to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, we're on Bucks and, report. And again, I'm not, I'm not knocking away your Bucks. Oh no, 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 no! Let me ask you this, because I've asked every person that comes on this show, Mike, did you ever think in a million years that Tom Brady was going to be the starting quarterback of the Tampa no. Bay Buccaneers? No, I. You know <laughs> what? As much as you know, I hate it. I hate it. Any team from Boston, whether it's the Red Sox or, or, or uh, the Celtics, mm -hmm. and, and definitely the football team. But Tom <laughs> Brady came from the University of Michigan, and he he was like a mediocre, and I, that's where I went to college in Michigan. Right. So I was always a Brady fan, but the rest of the team, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, always a Brady fan though. But you you say at the time, and you're exactly right. I mean, he won some big games, but he was never. Uh, the consistent starter there. So what are the expectations, in your opinion, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into uh, 2020? You know, I, I don't even – I again, and if you remember how I 
I always worry about one sport at a time, except this year because it's hockey and baseball together. Um, I'm not even thinking about football yet, but mm-hmm. you know, once it gets closer with with this COVID nineteen thing, it's going to be. Yeah, you know, hockey's doing it right. Yeah, they caught the bubble, you know. But you can't do that in baseball. You can't really do it in football. Um, but if it's an indoor basketball, I know it's doing it. I, I'm not much on basketball, but still, right? You know, I, but with Brady, I mean, come on he's going to bring people in whenever they can come in. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, Mike, uh, because we've been, yeah. you know, uh, talking to fans. We talked to fans last night about this. If college football uh, doesn't have games on Saturday, would you be okay with the NFL moving games to Saturday uh, afternoons? And would you be okay with college football being played uh, in the spring and pushing back the draft? Would you be all right with that? Yeah, actually I have a buddy, he went to the University of Michigan. He was talking to me today, and he says, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, the spring is fine, and uh, the Saturday games, no doubt about it. You know, <laughs> why not? Prime time. If you can play hockey at 3 in the afternoon, <laughs> you can play flip, football at 1 o'clock. Or Absolutely. O'clock. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. But, but anyway, you have a good show. I got to roll here because my other phone's ringing here. But hey, thank you. Yeah. Roll. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot for calling the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. All right. You got it, man. All right. There you go. Yes, absolutely. Good stuff there. Mike Walker out of St. Pete. Open phone line. Uh, I know how everybody wants to talk about it tonight. You want to talk about the Lightning. You want to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You want to talk about Saturday games and college football and anything else on your mind. Well, I don't have to ask because here's another call. Of course, I got Rick Hughes from the cheap seats. So I know you won't mind some phone calls. Let's go out. Colson. From Oklahoma City, welcome to the Evolution of Sports Talk. With yours truly, along with Rick Hughes from the Chief Seats. What's on your mind, boss? Man, I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm telling you. Well, where you been? My kids start school tomorrow. Oh, okay. I so see I how this. Back on here and put them to bed. You know, before two o'clock in the morning and shit. Sleep until eleven o'clock. <laughs> That's got to stop. So we were working on that. <clears throat> but anyway, I wanted. To, I saw Lou Holtz today. Okay. On the Fox News Network, he was talking about the COVID and the Pac-12 and the Pac-10 and the SEC and the ACC. Sure. And, and I'm wondering, is there a something east of the Mississippi that's some kind of COVID-proof football stadiums over there that they don't have in the in the Big Ten? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand the whole discrepancy thing. Why there's some leagues that want to do it in other leagues that don't want to do it in other conferences. I think it comes down to money at the end of the day, right, Rick? I mean, it's about money at this juncture. Uh, and not only that, it's about you know, maybe they feel like it's a little bit safer where they're at. The, the protocols are a little bit safer. I mean, have you have you figured out a reason why some conferences? Have- it's just a different culture and more money for some conferences than others. Yeah. I mean, it's really that. It's The SEC is – is what, what do you suppose the annual – it, how much money does the SEC bring in? How much does the MAC bring in? Or the, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that, there's a there's a I think that's going to have a huge a, a huge part in who's making these decisions. I mean, it's it's got to when you think of the SEC, mm-hmm. it's just football in the South. It's football. I saw a meme online where it's like everybody else is freaking out. Everybody's one, you know, panicking, wearing masks, running around. And we're all sitting around in the South just going, when's football start? Right. That's what the meme was. And I mean, that there's really a mentality there. And it it, it rolls over into the universities. I mean, if, if a school in the MAC 
doesn't have football, does it does it change life that much? Take football away from an SEC school. Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree with that. SEC is college football on Saturday Saturday yeah. afternoons. That's what it's about. It's that's yeah. mission for you. So they're going to so definitely they, try. Peter, have they decided they're going to play empty stadiums, or are they going to have people there? I don't. I think the, it's Tennessee Volunteer Games. There's 120,000 people in the damn stadium. Right. It remains to be seen. I mean, you would think that college football has some type of plan, but you know, just talking to some people in and around this whole situation. It certainly seems like the NFL is more prepared than NCAA. In fact, I assumed, you know, just by everything that has been coming out, uh, that, you know, basically they're not going to have a college football season. So I was shocked that the ACC came out with their schedule, SEC came out with their schedule, and now you have the Big Ten officially canceling sports today, all fall sports. So it's definitely one of those situations that's fluid, and I – I can't answer your question. I don't know if they're going to do it without fans or not. I know there's some NFL cities that are going to do it without fans. I know there's some NFL cities that may have fans. My question for last week for all the fans out there was, let's say the NFL decides not to have fans the first couple games of the season, and then everything start, uh, starts to get better, and they allow fans to come in. Would you be okay with that? Would you be okay well- with having football games on Saturday? Would you be okay with this whole adjustment process of, you know, what's going on off the field with COVID? Well, see, that's the thing that Lou Holtz was talking about. Mm-hmm. That, and he's pretty excitable, so he's saying a whole lot. In a very short <laughs> but um, <laughs> he said if, if the SEC or the ACC want to play and then the Pac-12 and the, and the Big, 12, Big Ten don't want to play, then the – NFL will just play on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sure. And I think that's ridiculous, but he's got a point. Somehow or another, the NFL will have their season is what he's driving at. Yeah. And they'll create a way to do it. But I don't I don't agree with stadiums. I, I just think they'd be better off to play at Berkeley Prep or Brandon High School, empty stadiums, put the teams out there, and don't risk the public. And it, it goes back to the thing with the SEC is in the South, and mm-hmm. it seems to me that Florida is still in a hot zone, right? I, yeah. I live there. I don't. Well, yeah. Getting better. Florida's starting, I think, to get better. Yeah. I know Georgia's on the way down to getting worse. I, I hope it's getting better. I hope everything is getting better here yeah. with uh, all well, this talk. But what, what's happening is the major metropolitan areas, which Florida, everything south of Ocala is major metropolitan pretty much, mm-hmm. compared to – rural Georgia, Alabama, here in Oklahoma, we don't have the transfer of people that you have down there in the, in the South. But it's what you're saying is happening here in Oklahoma, too. It's, I told you this about a month ago. It's merging up from Dallas, and it's coming over from Arkansas, and it's coming down from Missouri because the trucks are running and the people are doing the Walmart routes and all the other kind of stuff. So you're getting the population mix that's bringing up more disease. And Florida, I hope, stops and everything starts to go down and we have a negative plateau and everything gets squared away quickly. Right. Um, but I think the middle of the country is going to pay the repercussion of that because it's taken so long to get here. Right. And um, so that just brings you back to the whole thing we talked about a week ago when uh, I was telling you that uh, the NFL would be better to do regional scheduling 
right off the bat. So yeah, I, I, I just don't – I think that's there, there's too much there. I think they're going to go with a full NFL season. They're planning on starting on September 10th with the – I believe it's the Thursday night game with uh, uh, Kansas City and, a, and another team that escapes me. I'll have it by then. Uh, and then, of course, for Bucks fans, Bucks opening up versus the Saints, most likely there won't be any fans there, so that will be some type of advantage. NFL has a plan in this situation. They want to plan out. They're planning to do it. I, you're going to have an NFL season. You may not have college football. You may have no fans in basketball. You may have no fans in the NHL, but you will have a National Football League season this year. I can, I definitely bet on that. I'm going to do everything they can to make sure that happens. I have a question for Matt. Yeah. Why, Matt, why do you think regional – What? where is the difference – when it comes to whether the schedule is regional or not, when it comes to the NFL? In my mind, it seems like it, if it was regional, let's put it this way. Florida has three teams in it, right? You got Jacksonville, Miami, and Tampa. And then you got Atlanta, and then you got Charlotte, and then you got uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Tennessee. Good okay, stuff. So you put all those in one group, you can consolidate it. They're not traveling as much. It's a day flight to most of those places. You can, I, I can get to Memphis in three hours. Well, they're pretty much day flight anyway when they travel somewhere a lot of the times. They fly in, they get out of there. I mean, they might come in the night before, but do you really think at a Marriott that that's where COVID's going to spread? I don't know. I don't, I'm not exposed to it. I'm 56 years old and I don't go anywhere. I've been yeah. taking Amazon Rich. Well, they're, I mean, they're not hopping on a commercial flight. It's not like you're going to run into them on on, you know, your your right. Southwest flight or something like that. It's it, they're they're on their own planes, so they're pretty much in a bubble there. They ride in their own buses, so they're in a bubble there. When you get to the hotel, you tell them stay in your rooms. They're, it's not like there's a whole lot of interaction there. Um, you get up, you go to the game. As soon as the game's over, you get back on that bus and you go back to the airport and fly home on your private plane. Um, I'm not sure that it makes that much of a difference in the NFL. Well, you're probably right. You're thinking it through a lot more than I am. I well, just don't want to see. See, in Oklahoma, we got exposed to us here at the Thunder game by a Utah Jazz play. Right. You know, we remember world. Rudy Gobert. Right. Yes. Oklahoma. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then that scared the world, and everybody had to stay downtown at the Chesapeake. They had to sleep overnight. And <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> you, know, you know, and they were quick to bring up today also – Mark McCallum said that there have been a handful of cases that have athletes have gotten COVID, whether it's the, the Marlins or who the Cardinals. Cardinals and, right. Yeah, absolutely. But no athletes have been hospitalized. That's it. They I haven't been hospitalized. I think they're doing a better job in Major League Baseball. They're definitely doing a great job in the NBA and the NHL. You haven't heard a peep out of them. So there's definitely possibilities where this can get better. I think it's getting better. People are starting to take it seriously, do the social distancing, wear the mask, and do a, follow all the protocols. And once you do follow all the protocols, I feel like you're going to have an NFL season any way it goes. Anything else, Matt Colson? No, I just wanted to start. You know, I had my first Iverson today where I was, somebody texted me and I said, we're talking about practice. Practice. That was me. That was me. I, I'm the one who messaged you and said, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> I got two boys that are starting high school. One of them second year of high school, one's just starting. Right. And and my youngest son is skateboard. He's a skater boy and you know, he's at that age. So he, he just stays up till three in the morning 
and he doesn't get up till one in the afternoon and that <laughs> work him out of that over the weekend and it's been difficult but i think i went through the same thing at some point but i missed you guys i hadn't had a chance to watch for a couple of days and i wanted to let you know that i'm still around and Awesome. Absolutely. (laughs) Keep on bothering me here on Matt Colson on the evolution of sports talk television. All right, my friend, five days a week, three days of pro football edition on the Landry football network on bucks report Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursdays. We talk bucks, but we still talk bucks on those days. Never be afraid to step into the web. All right. You're the man. Pete. All right, man. Appreciate you. You're the man. You guys are the men. You webheads are the men. Tell you what, I know we want to talk about this. Let's go out to the webheads really quick, and then we will kind of start off our segment. But this has been crazy start here. Open phone line, 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391 after that Tampa Bay Lightning victory. Peter friggin' H. Blake. I love it. Peter friggin' H. Blake. Love it there, Johnny Dean. Uh, Talk your stuff. Go Bucks. All right, Callie, I see you. Hey, guys, what's up? Says Christopher, Tracy, laugh out loud. Johnny, uh, a legend game. Go Buck says Tim, Ron, what's up, Pete? Uh, Rick, I see uh, Tampa Bay Ray Kennedy chimed in. Get back in that lobby. We'll get you on there sometime here. Bring your passions. Uh, go Bucks. I don't agree at all. If our Lightning had lost tonight, it would have been over after just game one. Wow. It just would have been trouble. It would have been trouble. It would have been really disheartening Absolutely. to get swept by this team last year. And sure. then, yeah. Yeah. How about the Cubs? They're fixing to go 11 and three. Congratulations. Uh, this one's for Rick. Hey, hey, Tampa Bay, the Bucks are going to shine. That's right. Jeremiah, my long lost brother from another mother, where have you been? What's up, everyone? He's back in here. Bucks report. Who can we expect to have the most targets down in Tampa Bay? Great question. Let's start out with that. For me, it's Chris Godwin, right? And you wanted to talk about Jason Line, but here's a light pick. In the third round, out of Penn State, really stepped up his game last year. He's a slot guy. Uh, the propensity, Leo Ward, of Tom Brady going to the slot, I feel like favors a god one. What do you say, Rick Hughes? I think when you're talking about wide receivers, yes, but I think that the the person who's going to be the most targets is going to be a running back or the running backs, uh, plural. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of quick, short passes. That's why Godwin over Evans. Evans, you're not going to see cut across the middle as much as you're going to see Godwin doing it. Uh, But I think you're going to see the the running backs catching a lot of passes. And uh, you're also going to see tight ends, of course, catching catching some stuff. I don't think you're going to see the deep, the the crazy deep passing, Mm -hmm. everything going deep. No risk it, no biscuit constantly that we saw with Winston because we're not going to be behind all the time. So, yeah. yeah, I think that that changes that. But who do I think is going to get the most targets? I wouldn't be shocked if it was Rojo or 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 Vaughn or Ogumbawale. It's a good point because Tom Brady loves to throw the running backs. In fact, uh, there's a stat out there. He's thrown 100 passes in the last three years to his running backs. So uh, that's an amazing stat in itself. Uh, let's go out to – I want to go out to Corey Green here. He says, Spidey, my boy, how about them birds? Uh, D-Jacks, not a big Deshaun Jackson fan. If he could stay healthy, he's always a weapon. But you tell me, Corey Green, what about the Philadelphia Eagles? What about your favorite team? 727-255-0391. It's 
255-0391. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about on the Sports Web Bucks edition on the Landry Football Network with Mr. Rick Hughes from the Chief Seat New Show. Uh, ask and you shall receive. Let's go back out to the phone lines here. This is the kind of night it's going to be, Mr. Rick Hughes. Awesome. Dean, the professor, welcome to the evolution. You're on with yours truly along with Rick Hughes from the Chief Seats. What's on your mind tonight? Well, Rick just said something about Brady that I've had on my mind for quite a while. Okay. Brady really had a problem in New England, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of that problem was because of the playbook and he couldn't expand on it. And imagine that. He leaves New England and goes to Bruce Arians, who's the no-risk-it-no-biscuit guy. Correct. So if you think <laughs> that Brady went to Bruce Arians to throw to running backs and over short routes, I got a feeling that Brady wants to open it up a little bit. Well, I think he wants to open up a little bit. I think you're right. But I think if you look at even the, the videos we see coming out of practice, how many times are you seeing running backs catching passes? How many times are you seeing tight ends catching passes? Yeah, you see a few deep passes thrown here and there. But it's overwhelming quick quick passes. And where are you seeing this at? On anything the Bucks are releasing. Exactly. Anything the Bucks are releasing. Right. So they're not going to tell you the whole. They're not going to tell you their offense. I agree, but if they're going to put out a promo video, I promise you, it's going to be of a deep pass. If there's that much of it happening, if they were throwing deep in this, they're you know one after another like that Scotty Miller pass that was so beautiful. If I mean, you're seeing a whole lot thrown to Gronk. You're seeing a whole lot of quick passes thrown to the to your wide receivers and that. I I. You're not going to, a leopard's not going to completely change his stripes. That goes for both Arians and Brady. You're going to see a lot of those short passes anyway in any training camp right now because they're getting uh, chemistry right now with all the teams. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, man, I, I don't expect to be all Jameis Winston down the field. I don't see that. But I see a lot more of Brady opening up down oh, I do too. Than, than he normally does. And, and don't, don't, Count Evans out for being another thousand no, yarder. No, no, I agree with that. I agree. I, I will not count Mike Evans out. When everybody's saying uh, he won't get a thousand yards this year, is that a possibility? Because the ball is being spread around, possibly. But I would never rule out Mike Evans. He is such a mismatch nightmare. His size, his deceptive speed, the positioning. Uh, he's just going to be great in this offense and for a quarterback that can get him the ball consistently. Not saying that Winston couldn't uh, with Evans, but there are times that he missed them. I feel like Brady can get him the ball consistently. You could have more big plays than he had last year. And that's saying something, Johnny Dean, the professor. This was the third-ranked offense in the NFL last year. They could only get better. We, we got three people right now that, that is Brady's type of person. Yep. Evans, Godwin, and Trump. They can take the ball away from anybody. If it's a bad throw, it doesn't matter if it's a bad throw. They can take the ball. And I think I, you also have Brate and Brady. I mean, Brate fits that when it comes to the uh, to the red zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, I don't think Brate's on their level, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you have Howard, you have Gronkowski. That tight end room is pretty solid too. Not mentioning Tanner Hudson or A. Claire, who's a good blocker. So I'm just interested to see. You know, my biggest question is the offensive line. It's always the offensive line. It's, it's it seems like it's the offensive line every year the Bucks have played because it has been the Achilles heel. And especially with a 43 year old quarterback, you have to protect him. You cannot uh, you cannot afford for him to take hits because if he does, knock on wood, you know, hopefully he doesn't get injured. But uh, they definitely have to come up with something to where he's not getting hit. You can't afford it. And one of 
this is my last point. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of Brady's biggest things was he wanted Antonio Brown with the Patriots. Why do you think he wanted Antonio Brown there? It wasn't to go with the short passes. That's well, there was nobody to throw yeah. deep to. I mean, he, he had nobody to throw deep to. It doesn't mean he wanted to throw deep constantly. I mean, there's a there's a balance in there. I mean, to, to sit here and say that the, oh, yeah, the Buccaneers media department is somehow coordinating with coaching and they're only filming short passes to, you know, as as a as a ruse to throw people off and there's this no training camp right now. They're not they're not doing deep throws and stuff right at the moment. They're they're just getting acclimated. Right. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't look too right. I wouldn't look too much into that. I, I think it's just to give the fans something to look at and maybe something to think about uh, as we they, say here they, on the sports they, they didn't do it any other year. It wasn't like that. Well it's so there's to- something different. Well, there's something different is that you don't have a, a thousand media members out there covering this story. So they have to put something out there to appease the fans and give the fans something uh, once again to uh, see what, when it comes to Tom Brady being yeah. the starting quarterback. Because there's fans out there who still don't uh, picture Brady being the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that there's even going to be a season. So right. I, I don't think this is all coordinated. I do believe that. Uh, Bruce Arians will incorporate more of what Tom Brady does. And he's talked about this. Yeah. Guy. He said it in this pressers and, you know, I'm going to find out what I, what he does. Well, uh, he's going to find out what I do well, and we're going to try to coordinate, but I'm not going to teach him or teach others the new offense because the others have had a, a good run. Uh, they're only teaching one player and that's Brady at this point. So I think they're going to incorporate some things, but Brady's smart enough to get this offense down and get it. There's been missed time, but once again, remember when Brady was picked up, he had the playbook in his hands. Uh, he is a diligent worker. Uh, he's analytical. He'll definitely be able to dissect what's going on in this playbook and and what's uh, what plays are going to be his go-tos, and I think he'll be fine. Oh, I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about Brady in the least. Now, I got to ask you, Johnny Dean, there was a report yesterday, Xavier Williams, a defensive tackle from the Chiefs. He played with them last year. Two playoff games, also played with the Cardinals. Uh, he's taking a physical, nothing official yet. You like that move, uh, Xavier Williams, defensive tackle to the Bucks to add depth to that defensive line? <laughs> you, you just answered your own question, dude. You know, right. I, I, I <laughs> always, always take depth. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying they're they're trying now. I mean, it's late in the season, and, and but this I never, is. I don't. I don't. Xavier Williams has never unimpressed me. I mean, he's he's what he is. You know? Right. I mean, he's, he's not. He's quite serviceable. Well, he's a body. I mean, he's a body that you can yeah. fill in there, and, well, and... There's, there's a lot of bodies, but sure. he can actually play. Yeah, right. I don't know that he's camp meet. He's not camp meet. He's actually yeah. somebody that can yeah. make the roster. And he's been familiar with Bruce Arians, which usually happens in the league. Players. Yeah. You know, usually play with the coach. They usually get picked up. Does it always work out? Uh, we've seen it hasn't worked out. So uh, we will have to see what the Bucks do. Good stuff, Johnny Dean. Anything else? That's about it right now. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Definitely use that second or third call. Whatever calls you want, 727-255-0391. It's 727-255-0391. Let's go out to the webheads here, answer these questions, and then we will talk more about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, you have something you want to talk about with uh, Jason Light. But before we do that, 
<laughs> edition of the Sports Web is brought to you by MyCannabisCard.com. That's right, MyCannabisCard.com for all your medical marijuana needs. Definitely go to that website and tell them Bucks Report and the Sports Web sent you. MyCannabisCard.com. All right, let's go out to the webheads here. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, we read that one. Uh, auction of champions on Facebook. Absolutely. College football for sure not happening. NFL Thursday through Sunday. Thursday and Monday. That would be awesome, right? Baseball players are being sent home for leaving the hotel and having to quarantine for 72 hours. Well, there's a point. Don't leave the hotel. <laughs> have some priorities and have some pride of being a Major League Baseball player. That's what they have to do. Does Rick have the Rona cough? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Rick got the COVID cough. I don't think it's the COVID cough, guys. He would be uh, not on here. So it's, it's just the cough. Who signs Clowney? That's been the big talk also. Uh, Bucks are not into that conversation. I don't believe Jeremiah, but who signs him? Is it the Tennessee Titans? Is it the Seattle Seahawks, in your opinion? It may not be anybody for a little while. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's assuming he's just going to hop in and play right now. I don't know that that's the case. I don't know that he's going to sign right now. He might. He may sign. He may be putting pen on contract right now. Yeah. But I don't think there's any guarantee about that. He truly, he may be overvaluing his worth. Okay. Uh, he's inconsistent uh, in his effort. So teams see that, and he may not understand that, that, he just may be overvaluing his worth. Ben Cornett trolling as always, trolling at a thousand. The MAC conference brings in the kind of money that jingles, while the SEC brings in the money that folds. Okay, I'm here waiting on the Rick rant. Ben says Pac-12 will not have any sports to January 2021 at the earliest. Uh, same Johnny. Uh, let's see the CB kid. NBC made tons of money by running the golf tournament. They won't hesitate to air football when they can. Uh, NFL once again, Thursday through Monday, uh, Texans and chiefs. That is the game. Uh, that's an interesting game, I guess, uh, if you will, uh, Houston Pete. Absolutely. Uh, where's Tampa Dillon and the rest of the YouTube crew tonight? Uh, Kenny NFL has to play this year. It is a monetary market. Johnny Dean. I'm curious to how well the hotels being used are prepared. Uh, good question, Johnny. What do you think? Uh, I'm curious how well the hotels you think are, are being used, are prepared? Well, I think the NFL or whichever league that we're talking about, they're, they're seeing to it that I, I don't think you're going to see players hanging out at the bar. Uh, oh, I don't think you're going to see the players out and about mingling. I think it's going to be different. I mean, if you're asking, are the rooms going to be sanitized prior to in some special way? Probably not. We've learned Catching it from the surface of something is very difficult. I don't think you walk into a to a hotel room. The chances of you, you know, uh, sitting on the bed and catching COVID because of the bed sheets—that's pretty small. Uh, so, what what do I think they're doing? I don't think they're doing much beyond typical cleaning. Okay. That, that's a guess. Okay. All right. So let's see. The NHL has zero positive tests, but they had to leave the country. To do so, have a great bubble. Great call. Matt, Rob Thompson, who is going to sign Clowney? What Actually, they have two positive tests. The NHL had well, two out of 3,000-something. Somebody says, fire the cannons. Well, here you go, David. Oh. All right, and if you do uh, if you do make me mad or you have a bad take, here's what you get. 
All right, and we'll go through this also. So hopefully I don't have to play those sound effects tonight. Hopefully it's fired the cannons all night long. Right now it's just smoke and mirrors with what they're showing us. Jamie says, uh, there is a season, Peter. Absolutely there's a season. And uh, is this, ah, I guess that's best virtual edits video. So uh, we were talking about the situation with Ronald Jones. He had his presser, some uh, impressive comments on, you know, how he has learned from Brady. Uh, in fact, what he said is he always tells me to get low in my routes and run my routes like I've already have the ball. Uh, he says also, I think Brady's, uh, you know, uh, he's developing some chemistry, obviously. Uh, and also he talked about tempo, how if he's, he's able to work with Brady, how he's been able to work with Brady that's worked with his tempo. Uh, what are your thoughts about you know Ronald Jones and Tom Brady's chemistry? Because we've talked about it with him having, once again, that propensity to throw to his running backs. Jones last year, only 31 catches. Can he have more in this offense? Because to me, he's a victim of volume. It's not a matter of can he. I mean, he's going to. He's going to get more volume this year because when you're not behind in the games, your running backs are more involved in the games. Uh, so I think you're you're automatically just – he's going to. And now he's not coming in behind Peyton Barber. He's not competing there. Now I will tell you, I, I really believe in Keyshawn Vaughn, mm-hmm. but it seems like they are wanting to just – Basically, give Rojo the spot. Say, Rojo, this is yours. Keep it or lose it. And I don't have any problem with that. I mean, Rojo, I like Rojo. Uh, it's nice to see what he did when he had the opportunity last year. Um, they they just have to continue it. He's got to continue that that production. I think he averaged four yards per carry or something similar to that. Keep that up uh, when you have the ball more often. Volume is one thing. But it better be productive. <laughs> if you yeah. just have, if there's just volume, what good is that? No, I agree with that. But I, I feel like if you get him more involved, you get him more touches. And even he talked about this getting out in space. He really is a dynamic playmaker. Uh, you know, 724 rushing yards, only 30 catches, but still, I feel like there were big plays left on the field. And in until midseason, that's when the Bucks decided to have faith in him. Even Jason Light talked about it this year. Uh, with the drafting of Keyshawn Vaughn, a lot of people just assume that Ronald Jones wasn't going to be the starter. But to me, he definitely has everything you want in an every down running back. The the thing is, or the thing that you have to look at going into 2020 is, has he improved with his catching ability? We hear uh, that he's had, you know, catching 300 balls in the jug machine. He's tried to work on that. He also is getting better in pass protection, but you won't know unless they get out in the field, right? Well, they're doing the same thing they did last year. They're coronating somebody before the season starts and saying, you're the starter. And what I'm going to hate is if one of the backups are running far better than him and they just keep Rojo in there anyway because they made that decision now. That's yep. what they did last year and uh, with Peyton Barber, and I just don't want to see them make the same mistake again. He also talked about his first year, how it was like night and day, like a, a foreign language out of college in the NFL. Yeah. I've always said this. People said, well, Jones is a bust. Well, you got to coach him up, okay? If you don't coach him up on his playbook, then he's not going to be successful. And you see what good coaching can do. Uh, once again, it's like night and day. And he even said, I could be a top five to ten running back. And also, we'll see a 1,000 yards in the near future. So, in your opinion, do you feel like Ronald Jones 
with everything we talked about with the weapons and Keyshawn Vaughn and LaShawn McCoy, that he is a thousand yard rusher in 2020. He he he's he has much more of a chance of being a thousand yard rusher this year than at any point in his career. I don't think that's even close. Yeah. Um, I think that's why you may see less out of Evans and Godwin is because your running backs are just going to be so much more involved this year. Uh, when you are not behind, the whole game changes. That's <laughs> that's what blows my mind when I think about Sports Illustrated saying that the Buccaneers are going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. You're, They're not going to be behind right off the bat in the games. So I just – I can't I, – I've thought about it and thought about it. I just can't justify what Sports Illustrated said. Yeah, Sports Illustrated once again believes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah, I don't know. They have improved in every area of this football team. Offensive line, quarterback, wide receiver in the draft. They brought back every defensive starter. I don't know what you're talking about, Sports Illustrated. And we could talk about it here on the sports web. This is your Buccaneer edition. I'm your host, Peter Blake, along with Rick Hughes from the Chiefs team. 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. Join the 65,000 following we have here on Facebook. Of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and a part of the Landry Football Network, Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. So you I heard they gave up over 100 points. The uh, Winston was personally responsible for over 100 points last well, year. I mean, seven pick sixes will definitely do that. How how in the world right. can you not – how many wins is that worth? <laughs> Brady's uh, never thrown, what, more than 14 or something like that in his career? Tom Brady only guarantees you one win. Rob Gronkowski only guarantees you one win. They have a better schedule than they did last year. Yeah. You don't have to go on the road for seven straight weeks to start the season. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. I, no, it makes I sense. Like I'm a kid in a gardener. I don't know. But I tell you what, let's go out to the webhead, read some more comments. Michael says, is it possible so four teams in the Big Ten to play in another conference, or is that entirely going to cost too much for them to get out of their contracts with the Big Ten? How do you see this? Because this has been talked about last night uh, with Al Keck. Keck thought uh, that some of these teams could possibly do that. Would college football allow that for one year for, uh, in your opinion, a, a Big Ten team that wants to play in the SEC? Or is it too much at that juncture, uh, too much sharing of the money? Who shares the money? I don't know if the SEC teams are going to share with the Big Ten team. Does that make sense? Yeah, the, the college landscape is going to be completely different after this year. Um, the conferences, everything is changing. Look, you're talking about your your contracts with your conference. If your conference doesn't play football, they're not fulfilling their end of the contract. So yep. if you go play somewhere else, I'm not sure that you're the one in breach of contract. So I, I don't know that, that a one-year exception. I think throw everything out. Is it possible right now? Uh, anything's possible right yep. now. Who knows? I mean, would it shock you? I mean, really, if a few SEC teams decided they're not going to do it and they plugged in a few teams, Nebraska, whoever, you, you start plugging people in and you, you put together some sort of a mini conference or a, a temporary conference or whatever they decide to do, would that really shock you? Wouldn't, I mean, nothing is shocking at this point. No, definitely nothing is shocking. Uh, let's see, Peter, didn't I hear correct? The SEC, I thought, would be playing a season – uh, interconference-wise, yes, they are. We've never said the SEC wasn't playing. We said that the Big Ten 
has uh, canceled or postponed their fall sports in 2020. Uh, there's been other conferences that have postponed it. The SEC and ACC, those two conferences are not one of them. Well, so. the Power Five, all five, all Power Five conferences are in a, on a conference call this week to discuss canceling. I so, mean, can you see that? Can you see the SEC, one of these conferences, saying, "You know what? We're going to play no matter what you say. I don't care what you say. We're playing." Can I? Can I see the SEC and ACC doing it? Yes. Can I see anybody else doing it? Probably not. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I agree with you on that. All right. Let's see. Uh, Cheryl says, so is NFL football still going to happen? I'm confused. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't be confused. NFL football (laughs) is going to happen. No more opt-outs. There may be players on a COVID list. Hopefully there's not. Hopefully there's no, uh, no more players that are testing positive or around anybody that is positive. So as far as we know, at this juncture... There's going to be an NFL season, and I would not expect anything less because if there's no NFL season, I'll be shocked. If there's not. I don't know what we do. I honestly don't know what we do with each other here. Uh, <laughs> the CB kid says, yo, uh, Vaughn remains on the COVID-19 list is falling behind even the early stages of camp. No, he does not remain on that list. He's He's been activated. And that's what I've, uh, that's what I thought too. We've already seen videos of third down back, uh, uh, Dare catching passes from Tom Brady and Arian said McCoy should find his niche easily. Jones should handle the bulk of the early down work, but we're not expecting him to catch many balls. Jones will likely struggle to produce top 25 numbers in fantasy among running backs. I disagree because I, I get it. Everybody wants to say they're going to throw the ball, throw the ball because of all the talent, but you also have to have balance. And I feel like the numbers are there. Is he going to get 20 to 25 carries a game, in your opinion? I think the running backs, plural, will. Okay. Do I think he will? Probably not. Okay. Uh, let's see. That's true. And Mr. Show, you can always find them on YouTube. Absolutely. Subscribe, like, follow, stalk, whatever they do on Twitter. So what do you got to rant about tonight here, Mr. Rick Hughes? Because I know... Uh, you're warming up those pipes there. You've been coughing a lot. So what's on your mind? <laughs> okay, I need to get this off my chest. Okay. Yesterday, when I was online, someone posted on Facebook a post. And, I, and I've seen these posts before about different things. But it was, if you think Jason Light is a good general manager, just go ahead and unfriend me now. Now, first of all, I love Buccaneers fans. I think Bucks fans are loyal to a fault. They've stuck with the team forever through the worst of times. And when I say the worst of times, I mean, literally, they have the worst record of any professional sports team. And I know in my lifetime. So, I mean, it's not bad. It's really bad. (laughs) And Bucks fans are still there plugging away. I mean, yeah, sure. You throw a bag on your head every once in a while or you you joke about how bad the team is, but you're still there, doggone it, every, every stinking week. But let me say something. If you're the one who put up a post that says about anything, if you don't believe this, if you don't think this, if you're not on my side on this, then go ahead and unfriend me. You know what? I'm not doing the work. You do it. You unfriend me. If you think Jason Light, if you if you say whether I disagree with you or not, you want to you want to go ahead and take me. You want me to take myself off your friend list? Dang it, you do it. You know what? First of all, if you think Jason Light's a bad general manager, you're a fool. He's put together a Super Bowl quality 
roster. He's brought an amazing coaching staff here. You're an idiot if you think that Jason Light is a bad general manager. You're, I mean, there's there's no way around that. He's brought in so many great – he's brought in the right free agents. Now, you go back a few years and you say, oh, he drafted this guy bad. He drafted that guy bad. Think about this. When he came in, he was fundamentally handed Lovey Smith. That was the first thing he had to deal with. And what are they doing? They're bringing people in for who? Levy Smith and who was the offensive coordinator? Jeff Tedford, right? Think about that disaster that he was handed. That did Jeff Tedford was like offensive coordinator for like a day and a half, something like that. And then that's that flips over, and in an emergency, he brings in Dirk. Okay, Dirk wasn't really his guy, but he deals with Dirk. So now you've got Dirk there. They get rid of Levy Smith two years later. They bring in Dirk. Dirk looked like he half cared. I don't know what happened. And Mike Smith on defense didn't look like he cared at all. And Levy Smith, again, now what's he doing? He's draft. He, he's drafting people for one style of defense. Then he's shifting to another style of defense completely. A different. The offense has changed. Now the offense is opening up. He's drafting players for a different offense. He's trying to fit into a situation that's being thrown at him. It's not his guys. It's not his chance to build a team. Now what happens? They finally decide, all right, we're going to get rid of Cutter. And whose guy comes in? Jason Light's guy's guy comes in. And what's happened since then? You've got the right free agents. You have the right coaching staff. You have nothing but success happening. I love a general manager who can sit there and say, yeah, that guy's a mistake. I'm going to get rid of him. Stop getting mad every time he cuts some, that they cut somebody, that the team cuts somebody who's not performing. And be glad that you've got a general manager and a head coach that have the balls to cut a guy who should be cut. And they're not sitting there saying, no, I've got too much pride. We drafted him in the second round. We can't cut him. Get him out of here if he's not good. If he's not going to help your team, if he's going to hurt the team, get him out of here. You need to have a little more you, – you need to put a little more thought into this. He's put together a Super Bowl-quality roster. doesn't mean you're automatically going to the Super Bowl, but he's put together that roster. So if you can't sit there and see it right in front of you, you're probably the same guy who every free agent that comes along, you think, oh, we got to get him. We have to get him. No matter what the situation is, he's the guy. We got to get him. Can we get him? You'd pay no attention to a salary cap. You pay no attention to whether or not the guy plays the right style of defense, 3-4-4-3, Tampa 2. You pay no attention to any of that. It's just, oh, I know that name. We got to get him. Okay, and that's your whole answer, and you think that's what it's all about. I'm telling you something. We've got a great head coach. You have a great general manager. You have a great organization who seems like they finally figured this out. You stick with something. You stop changing coaches every two years. You stop changing direction every two years. You keep trying to bring in the new flashy free agent who's who's not there to fit your system and be a great player. He's there to sell tickets. They didn't do that this year. Sure, Brady sells tickets, but they brought in a guy that's going that the coach wanted not just the owners you brought in. You, now you've got a team that's functioning and working on all cylinders. Imagine the gears. They're all turning together for the first time. So if you're going to sit here and you're going to say, if I think Jason Light is a good general manager, you want me to do the work and unfriend you? No, bye-bye. You do it. There you go, Mr. Rick Hughes from the Chief Seats. His ran on the sports web, the evolution of sports. better now. I know you do. It's okay. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm I'm watching myself because that's how I get here on the sports web. What do we say? Three things on the sports web. Bring your passion, bring your excitement. 
Just don't bring any nonsense. All right, let's go out to Matt Colson. Matt, what did you get that rant? You're on with yours truly along with Mr. Rick Hughes from the Chief Seats on the Sports Web. Rick Hughes is like this breath of fresh air that comes in and he turns around and just enlightens us with his knowledge. I had never thought of Jason Light quite like that. I'm not exactly the guy that's going to unfringe you because you don't agree with me. <laughs> well, that, that, that whole mentality just drives me nuts. Well, that, that's the mentality of 2020. Right. When they come down to it a thousand years from now, they're going to dig up a smartphone. They're going to see the F logo on the damn thing, and they'll realize that's where when it all went wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it all started at Harvard. And, and just going straight down the tube. Uh, it's the same people when the when the Buccaneers are holding up the Lombardi Trophy, the confetti's coming down, and this time Brady's in a Bucks jersey, and it's that beautiful scene. Somebody, one of these idiots, is going to be out here saying, "Oh yeah, but it wasn't because of Jason Light. It was just because of Bruce Arians." Not realizing, without Jason Light, you don't get Bruce Arians. This is all because of Jason Light. Ever since they got rid of Dirk and they got rid of Mike Smith, and it's when and it all started when they said McCoy needs to go. Yeah. Upset the apple cart. Everybody in freaking Hillsborough and Dallas County were just going eight. Oh, no, not, not G Mac. Oh, my God, we got to have him. And then he said, no, and we're going to get rid of Quan. And the whole world went crazy on that. How are you going to do that? That's a Hall of Famer. I don't think so, Tim. Nope. That's the way it's going to be. We're going to get him out of here. He doesn't fit the pieces. And it's like you were saying, he has quietly, Jason Light, filled the gaps with quality that he wasn't able to get three years ago. Because remember, he did bring in a bunch of free agents from the Super Bowl uh, Seattle team, right? He brought in like three or four guys from that, and they all went, one of them was humping palm trees in the next Well, that's Chris Baker. That's from the Redskins. He wasn't from Seattle. He's from the other Washington team. He was in that class. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. And they had a lot of bad luck with that. Sure. But then he got JPP, and we almost got buck bit when he tried to break his neck, and he came back like an all-star. And now we got Tom Brady, you know, and COVID's trying to get his buck bit, and we're not going to have a chance with that, perhaps, but I hope not. But he's put in the parts. Right. And mm-hmm. like you say, he's drafted what he sees. I don't agree with everything he's drafted over the sure. last year or two, but what he seems to fit, and it seems to work. Because we got the, the, what is it, 54 and 45. The, what's the, the linebacker um, last year? Devin White Devin, and, uh, Devin White. yeah, Levante. And we were supposed to get um, the guy that was the other guy. We didn't draft him, and everybody said, oh, you made a big mistake. But it ended up working out where he was great because Shaq Barrett came out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden the linebackers are meshing together like like the old school Buccaneers used to do. And, and it's starting to fit. And then when he got Tom Brady, I just about fell out of the chair. Hmm. And I, I don't, I don't know whether it's going to work or not. I hope it does. <laughs> I'm thinking it will. But Gronk was the one that I, me, I was like, how in the hell did he pull that one off? And I've, I've said this to you before in the last few times I called. This Buccaneers head coaching and and front office administration and the ownership group have sold out the farm. They are yep. going for it. Yeah. Whether Jim. Johnny Dean likes it or not. Yep. Bowl or bust. Say it. And we're, Say it again. We're get there. Say it again. Super Bowl or bust. Even if they move. All they right, Matt. Play the game in Orlando somewhere where, where we're not, you know, because Tampa Stadium is not 
right or whatever the hell they decide to do at the end of the year. Sure. But if we're in it, we could win it. And and people don't realize that in Tampa. I've been around since 77. It's a lot easier to wear Buccaneer gear around Oklahoma City now than it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think. I, stopping me and asking me, what the hell is up with Brady? How did you pull that off? Right. I don't know. I've been living here for 12 years. Yeah. But the point is, it's getting national recognition again. And the last time we were like that, Buccaneer headgear or hats and stuff were being worn by Crips and Blood. <laughs> but we were nationally known, and they used that as a symbol uh, out there. But it was because people respected us, and and uh, he always waited for for uh, Chris Berman to come on and, and do his all stop clip for rolling. I'll stop. We trust. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And they don't. They haven't done that for ten years. Sure, people forget that. Well, I mean, that, 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 com- that comes down to drafting, and I get where people are saying, look, you, lo- you you don't have a Vernon Hargraves on this team. You don't have a Noah Spence. You don't have a Roberto Aguayo. You don't have an Austin Safarian Jenkins, now an MJ Stewart. So, yes, that definitely does catch up with you, but Jason Line has been able to get these first-round picks, to get third-round picks, to get a player like a Shaq Barrett who nobody considered besides maybe the Cincinnati Bengals and don't take him because they think he has an injury, that has been a steal. So with some of the draft picks, yes, he's definitely missed, and that does hurt your team. But at the end of the day, would you say, Matt, and everybody out there, you can talk about this if you want to, 727-255-0391, this team is a lot better off talent-wise than when he came here. Oh, by far now. Right. And and, and like Rick said, if we get away from that merry-go-round every two years, Mm-hmm. Uh, re- revamping the team every two and a half years. Right. We could actually build something. I don't remember the last time we had a coach for five years. I, I just can't think back. That well, I, well, it's I, not going to happen this time. I could tell you one. That would be Tony Dungy. Uh, the, here's well, the there's yeah, a coach yeah, right there. Gruden. Yeah. Well, yeah. well it's not going to happen this time though. With with, with all the no, faults of John Gruden. With, with gold, right? Right. I mean, the idea is he's going to come in here, give us the foundation. Build up the defense, hand the reins over to Bowles or to uh, Leftwich, mm-hmm. and he's going to retire with another Lombardi trophy, and Tampa's going to be happy, and we'll put him in the Ring of Honor in five years, and life will be good. <laughs> well, that's your Matt. You couldn't you couldn't be more right. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. But when I look back at like Hargraves or Aguayo, or I look back at that, I don't know that those were guys that, that I don't know that that's Jason Light sitting there saying, "Gosh, I want to do this." Aguayo was probably brought in, let's be honest, to keep Winston happy, to make him happy at the time. Um, I think that was an organizational pick that Jason Light – I think Jason Light was more of a figurehead at the time and less of the actual general manager. And I think you're seeing Jason Light as the general manager now for the first time. I think he came in never having been a general manager, and I think they let him have the position but sort of told him what to do. And uh, I think Levy Smith was was pretty much in charge of things. And that was just a disaster from the get-go. I mean, do you remember Jeff Tedford? Do you remember that? That whole it, it, <laughs> that whole period. When you go back to Shiano and Mercer and Jeff Tedford coming later with, with Levy Smith and everything, yeah, that whole period was a mess. It was because I believe the organization was being run to sell tickets, not to win. Well, the- and I think things changed when they finally said, "Okay, Jason, mm-hmm. if you're going to stay, we're going to sign you to an extension, 
you better prove yourself. And well, they let him have the reins. Well, Rick, guys, the first mistake you made is you hired Lovey Smith instead of a general manager to hire a coach. So they did it backwards. They did it backwards. Right. They out, and I get it. They wanted Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith's going to, you know, pick his guys and whatever else. But that's not how you do it unless Lovey Smith is your general manager. If he's not your general manager, you hire the general manager first. Then he hires the coach, of course, uh, with the recommendation from the ownership. But usually when you hire a general manager, He's your football guy. He's the one that makes the final decision on what coach you hire, and they didn't do that. They did it backwards, and I get it. And think about it, though. Think about those draft picks then. Sure. And everybody holds them against light. Yeah. And and they weren't his picks. Well, he was he was he was sort of a puppet. He was there going along. Okay, you want me to draft this guy? Okay, so he drafted them, and he did what he was basically told to do. He was a good little soldier. He got some years under his belt, and finally said, "Listen." We can do this. And I think he had the chance to bring in Bruce Arians. I believe they knew they were going to get him. I believe that's why they gave him the extension. I don't believe it was I – don't, I don't think it was coincidental that he got the extension and then Arians came in. I think that was a package deal. And I think Arians and, and Jason Light worked so well together. I think now you're seeing the way a general manager is supposed to function. So when you, when you hold the picks like Hargraves or things like that against Jason Light, I think you're making a mistake. You're not holding accountable the people responsible for the pick. That's a fair yeah, point. You look at it from that perspective, too. You're you're looking at Dirk Cutter was probably a, a Glazer pick. Well, you had he had some he had some insight, right? He had definitely had some insight, but they wanted to hire a Cutter because they wanted to keep the continuity of the offense, and it didn't necessarily work out that well, did it? Because Just, it seemed like he stopped caring once he became a head coach. Well, he. he didn't run the same well because he didn't he he was an offensive coordinator so as a head coach he struggled because you have to do more than be an offensive coordinator if you're an offensive coordinator it's one thing but if you're a head coach and an offensive coordinator that's too many hats to wear as uh bill parcell said years ago when he turned down the bucks for the uh, first uh, head coach how can your offensive coordinator slash head coach say i don't think i need to coach the quarterback I mean, he actually said that. Yes. I don't think I need to coach the quarterback. Right. It's your effing job title. Right. What's your it's your <laughs> job title, but also when, quarterback coach, though. But when you hire somebody uh to focus on that area and then he comes out and goes, Well, I'm gonna give you less time with Jameis Winston. Wait a minute. That's the reason why I hired you in the first place to have that time with Jameis Winston. What am I doing here? So You've got to look between the lines with some of those comments and you're thinking, man, oh man, this may not necessarily be the best tire, but look, first year Cutter was here, uh, nine and seven. They looked like they were on the up and up and then expectations took place and then it was all downhill uh, from there. So I think the expectations are different this year. You you have uh, components here uh, with a Tom Brady and a Rob Gronkowski Proven commodities, not unproven. You're not going on hard knocks. Yes, you have a COVID situation, uh, but they definitely seem like they have a plan. That would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an organization going forward. And I have faith that Coach Arians and Jason Light and Tom Brady and all these veteran presences know what they're doing. That's all. I hope they get it done. I just I, I haven't felt this way in a long time. Right. Yeah. I want to see it happen. Makes you what I said, it's what I said the other day. It just feels different. It feels different. Yeah. That's it. And, and it's, uh, it feels real and it's crazy to think, but 
We're less than 30 days away, guys, from football season. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Please. Uh, I just say this right here. There you go. All right, Matt Colson. Thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you calling the sports web. All right, boss? All right, good stuff here. 727-255-0391 at 727-255-0391. Uh, expecting Kenny uh, Morales from Spectra Sports. I don't know if we're going to have him tonight. That's okay. We got your phone calls. You want phone calls, Webheads? We give you phone calls. Johnny Dean from Pennsylvania, the professor. Welcome back to the evolution. What's on your mind? Uh, I got a couple points to touch on. Uh, sure, Rick, go for it. Great rant. I wrote, actually wrote an article for Bucks Report about a year ago on the GM position and what it entails and why Dirk Cutter. I mean, excuse me, first man, why Jason Light was going to be here for a while. Okay, mm-hmm. you, you nailed it right on the head. I mean, it, it's it, it, the whole thing was reversed in the first place. He hadn't had a single yeah. hire that was his until yeah. he hired Bruce Arians. Yep. You hit the nail on the head. And I, I got so tired of preaching to these people. I just tune them out. Well, it's the same people who want the backup quarterback to come in all the time. They want the general manager fired. They want the coach fired. They've, they're they the brilliant guys. And you always say, well, who do you want to replace them with? And they're like, uh, they hadn't thought about that. Well, that's kind of important. Kind of have to ask that question, don't you? You know, okay, uh, let's get rid of this guy. Okay, so who who are you replacing him with? I mean, okay, let's get rid of Jason Light. All right, fine. Who's coming in now? I mean, they're they're not even going to know a name of a potential general manager, but they've got the answers. Well, some people were mentioning Bruce Arians because he's taken you know somewhat of control, making him a general manager. But once again, do you want a coach to come in there and have that responsibility of not only no. having the day to day operations of being a head coach, but also player personnel? So yeah, I don't think he wants it. Right. I agree. I agree. Anything yeah, else? And, and as far as Dirk Cutter being a head coach, oh, yeah, I got a couple of things. Okay, go as for it. As far as Dirk Cutter being head coach, he was completely out of his element. There's no way. If, if he's going to be an offensive coordinator, he has to be an offensive coordinator. He could not take a, on the duties of overseeing the team. Like, it, it was too big for him. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely – you can yeah. see every press conference you know, how – He'd go from this to down to down to down to down. And by the end of the season, he was out of there. You could tell it. He was already out of there in his mind. He, That's he what I said. He he just didn't seem like he cared anymore. Look, look when you're a head coach and you, you're you going or you're, you're trying to make a leader out of Deshaun Jackson, even when he's acting out in the locker room, that to me is a bad head coach. I mean, that's a bad decision overall well, because Deshaun Jackson has never been a veteran leader. He's right. never been a veteran right. leader. Connor's right. worst decision was in keeping the same staff out there. Right. Because that's where you get your coaching. The coaching comes yeah. from the staff. The coach puts his, his guys in, on the field to coach this team up, like Arians has done. That's what their job is, not to go out there and micromanage every friggin' position, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, but he brought Mike Smith in, and, and Mike Smith, I, I think Mike Smith was more interested in selling books than he was in coaching. Yeah, and they didn't change. They didn't change the defensive backs coach. They didn't change Warhawk. Right. They didn't change any any of the the developmental staff out there, which was yeah. already proven to be horrible. Okay, <laughs> so you're not going to change a culture by keeping the culture. 
it, it doesn't work that way. If you bring in a head coach, he's got to bring in his staff to make that culture change. That's right. That's yeah. exactly what Bruce Arians has done. Yep. I haven't seen that in a long time. Now seen it's seen beautiful, too. Yeah. yeah. It, it's... And uh, I got one more little thing to say. Peter, this is not at you. I don't want to get into a long argument with you. Over <laughs> okay. All right, Matt Johnny Colson. Dean. Yes. Matt Colson, if this is a Super Bowl or bust year, does that mean that in 2021, if they get to the playoffs this year, in 2021, they win a Super Bowl, is it a bust? If they go into 2021 and there's respect for this team and they're taking, they're talking about us like, wow, this is a great team. Look what they did in 2020. And there's all the good vibes and all the feels. You got all that yeah. for the Buccaneers after this year. Don't tell me that's a bust. We need to redefine the word bust if you're going to call that a bust. 100%. Because if, if it's a bust, you tear it apart and rebuild again. Right. I'm done with that. Chip. Well, they're not going to tear it apart, but uh, they definitely that's have. not a bust. It, it, wow. It's actually, if we have a, a playoff appearance this year, that's, that's success because it's, hell, it's a hell of an improvement over what we've had in the last decade. All right. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll agree to disagree, Johnny Dean. Thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you here on the Sports Web. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Buddy. All right, good stuff. All right, uh, Rick, I'm going to get you out of here. I'll put you back in the lobby. Can I say one thing? Oh, uh, yeah, go for I it. I want to make a reference to someone in chat, to Cheryl Estrada. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Cheryl said is that she's a huge Chiefs fan. Yeah, that, and she always watches Tampa games uh, with her son in memory of her dad. Um, and to watch my son shed tears while watching Tampa Bay play. Let me tell you something. My mother who's passed away is a huge, was a huge Tampa Bay fan. And I mean, matter of fact, buried with a Mike Allstar, Mike Allstott Jersey. And what that's all about is what sports and the family of the Buccaneers and Bucks report and everything. That's what this is all about. That's the beautiful part of all of this. Absolutely. And I will always shed that tear and feel those same things that Cheryl's talking about. And that's what this family is all about. Absolutely. That's what Bucks Report is yeah. all about. Tell you what, I'm going to put you in the lobby. We'll bring you back in just a little bit. But we got Kenny Morales mm -hmm. of Spectrum Sports. All right. So stay yeah, tuned. Yeah, you got it. All right. Stand by. There you go. Rick Hughes from the Chief Seats will read these comments. And then we will get to Kenny Morales of Spectrum Sports. Uh, Christopher Cole. Uh, Light was given a bad deal from the beginning. And now he's got the right pieces in place for an extended period of success. Can't wait. I need football in my life. I love Tampa Bay so much in memory of my husband uh, that was born in uh, Tampa Bay. Let's hold off on the calls for right now. We're going to go out to Kenny Morales, and then we will take your calls here on the evolution of Sports Talk Television. Uh, my husband that was born in Tampa he was named after the highway exit, Dale. Very nice. Uh, my dream is to take my son to a game before he completely loses his eyesight, Dale Jr. Awesome. Rob Rashute. Yo, what's up, boys? I know you want to call in, so hold off on the calls. We'll get to Kenny Morales. We'll talk about that Tampa Bay Lightning fan. We read that. Awesome text. Uh, definitely call in here in a little bit, Rob. If Jason Light leaves, when Bruce Arians leaves, Derek Brooks would be a perfect fit. So let's go out to Kenny Morales uh, of Spectrum Sports. A big night, my friend, here on the sports web, and it hasn't been just Tampa Bay Buccaneer talk. It has been that impressive victory the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Columbus Blue Jackets, three to two, five overtimes, a combined 150 shots, first playoff win by the Lightning since 2018. 
we got to start off with that. I mean, what are your thoughts on that victory? Huge win by the Lightning, right? It's crazy. I mean, I, I was like, it's funny. Actually, today's my day off, so I was kind of like bouncing around and watching a bunch of different games from uh, – I'm an Orlando sports fan, so I got the Orlando Magic, Orlando City Soccer, and, and follow a couple of Tampa Bay teams as well. And, I mean, that, that Lightning game, I started watching it with uh, my, my girlfriend's sister around 3 o'clock. And, you know, thought maybe around five or so it would be over. And we're, like, going out for drinks and stuff around, like, seven or eight. And it's still going on. And I'm like, no, it's in the triple overtime, quadruple overtime. Okay, fifth overtime. <laughs> it was just insane. I felt so bad for those players. I got to imagine how, how gassed they would have to be. Um, but, but kudos to the Lightning, right? I mean, that, that's a huge win, especially against that particular franchise. To, to ex- I won't say they've completely exercised their demons from last year, but – to get at least one win, especially in a game like that where it was basically two, you could even say three games in one, to get one win out of that was was monumental. If the Lightning don't win that game, do you feel like they're staring? Oh, over it's over. April? Oh. <laughs> That's no. what everybody said. Everybody said it's over. And I, I feel that way. I feel that way for Columbus too. I feel like this game. It's it was so I mean just absolutely just draining. I got a mat physically, not even physically, mentally as well. And, and if you're if you're on the losing end of that, that has to be a, such a just completely deflating feeling. Now look, obviously it's pro sports; these guys will bounce back. But particularly for the Lightning, after getting swept last year, if you were to drop a game like that and then start this series 0-1, I just feel like it would have it would have ended up poorly again. The fact that they were able to come around and find a way to win that game is huge. And I do I, – I have them winning this series. I have them winning this series. I, I picked them, I believe, in six. Nice. I still think Columbus wins a couple here because they're not a bad team. They're a good team. Uh, but I think the Lightning will extract revenge and move forward. Yeah, that goaltending was very good. I mean, both goalies tonight, 150 shots, amazing. Let's talk crazy. About, yeah, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. In line, he's he's received criticism. He's also received praise. Where do you stand on the Jason Light? Uh, the other day, he cuts to MJ Stewart. People say, "There you go again." There's another second round pick. Yeah, Hargraves, yeah. Austin Severian, Jenkins. But then again, you look at the other side of the coin. Before he came here, this has to be one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Yeah. If not, you don't get a Rob Gronkowski, and you certainly don't get a Tom Brady, right? No, exactly right. I I think he's. Look, he he deserves he deserves criticism for sure. I, I mean, he's made mistakes uh, it, it, when it comes to drafting. I mean, you know, I, I was a guy that covered Florida State for three years. Mm-hmm. That Roberto Aguayo pick, I, I'm sure for Buccaneers fans, will always um, stand out for them. But even even as a guy that cut up, covered FSU, I was like, why why a kicker in in the second round? As good as he was, right. well, obviously, he just never panned out. But then you mentioned you know guys like MJ Stewart or, or Noah Spence. I mean, we. There's a list a little bit going here, but I think that plays more. To, I mean, he's he's made his mistakes, but the draft is so hit or miss sometimes too, as well. I mean, there's, there's no, it's not an exact science, you know. Nobody, no team rarely hits on all the draft picks. Uh, but like you said, look, he's the guy that was able to get Bruce Arians here. He was the guy that was able to get Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, all these guys. And and I mean, if you're a Buccaneers fan. Have you been this excited about your franchise in the past decade or so? I would say not. So right now, yeah, he's been doing a good job. Now, if this ends up not producing a Super Bowl, okay, you'd be a little upset with him. But, I mean, if you get to the playoffs and make deep runs, I think 
he's done his job. Yeah, see, I say Super Bowl or bust. I, I'm on. I agree too. I do agree with that. But I mean, see, that's what I'm saying. Like it's Super Bowl or bust, and people are going, "Well, what if they make the playoffs?" Okay, the they make the playoffs, but they got it. They got to go deep. Like I'm saying, like I don't think you can say it's a complete fit because it's still it's Brady. It's 43. I mean, it's it's an, it's a new system. I I wouldn't be surprised if they did not win a Super Bowl. Now I think they will either this year or next year. But if they don't, I don't think you could say it's a complete failure if they were to like. You know, one year make the Super Bowl and then another year make, you know, the NFC Championship game. I don't think that those are failures. I mean, it's not the result you wanted, obviously, but it's not like a bust. It's not like you got this dream team together and they didn't even make the postseason. I think Bucks fans, after what they've dealt with for the past, you know, decade or so, they will they will very much take some nice deep playoff runs. Obviously, Super Bowl or bust. I agree. They should have one. They need at least one to prove that this experiment was worth it. But I don't know. I still think if you if, if, if it wasn't for this, if you just stuck with Jameis, I don't think you make any sort of noise. And I think you're just kind of in the same rut. Yeah. Who, you know? who knows? Yeah, yeah, who knows? And we're on with Kenny Morales of Spectrum Sports here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. And you look at, look at Sports Illustrated. They have them at 8-8. Eight and eight. One game improvement with Tom Brady, Rob no, Brady. No. It's come on. illustrated thinking now. Am I in the yeah. twilight zone? I know it's 2020, but come on, Kenny. Yeah, no, no, I, that's that's way out there. I, I can't see eight and eight. Come on. One game improvement uh, after a guy. <laughs> look, I know James put up big numbers, but he also threw 30 picks, uh, six of them for, for the other team to score points on immediately. Uh, no, I, I would say that they at least win – I, I'm saying this is a double-digit double digit win team for sure. Um, for me, I have them pegged around like 11-5, 12-4 range. I don't know if they win the NFC South. I think the Saints will have some things to say about that. I, I, I think it's between them and New Orleans. But I, I think this this Bucks team is is way too talented to, to only be 8-8. Eight and eight. That, that would be un, unreal to me. Kenny, is the biggest question what Bruce Arians was talking about a week ago in his presser, uh, the COVID protocols and keeping players in line? And do you feel like this kind of does favor the Bucs because they have so much veteran leadership where a team like maybe the Cincinnati Bengals who's starting out with a rookie quarterback, maybe it doesn't necessarily favor them so much? Yeah, I see that. I do see that point. Uh, I can see where you're coming from from that point. but. I think it definitely it definitely helps also like to have some of these guys that like at least on the Bucks side where you have some of these veterans that it, I mean it's new for everybody I mean that's the biggest thing it's new for everybody and I, I think for a team like the Bucks it's gonna help big time that you have a guy like Tom Brady where I understand he's learning a new playbook um, but offensively but I mean he mentioned it during his his press conference or his his media availability he had recently. Uh, you know, he's seen every defense. I mean, there's nothing – there's not going to be too many things that opposing defenses could throw at him that are going to surprise him. So, for me, I mean, if you have a guy like that as your leader, I think you're going to have an edge on other teams in terms of, like, dealing with, you know, the, this whole COVID situation. Yeah, I kind of feel like you know, that's what everybody's saying with Tom Brady. Can he pick up this new offense? But, yeah, as I've told everybody here, Kenny, on the sports web, He's mm-hmm. had this playbook a long time. The Bucks right. had, and he's been talking to coaches. And oh, by the way, he's starting off his 21st season in the NFL, so it's not like he hasn't seen 
these right. differences before. So are talking heads or some fans even uh, making too much of a big deal about him uh, joining a Bruce Arians offense where, uh, once again, you apply what you know. It's Tom Brady. Come on. Exactly. No, I, I would agree. Yeah, 100%. Look, I understand it's maybe not the, the playbook he's used to up in in uh, in New England with with Josh McDaniels as the OC, but make no mistake about it. I mean, they're, he's going to figure out this playbook, and Arians and Byron Leftwich, the OC with the Bucks, they're going to figure out plays that will specifically tend to – you know, Brady's um, what what he does well, right? They're not just going to stick to one one script here, right? They, they've got the goat. When you have someone like Brady come in and be your starting quarterback, you're going to figure out ways to make sure that what he does best is is a part of your offense as well. Um, so I, I I don't know. I, I I imagine him doing very very well in this offense. I know people are like, well, he doesn't have the arm strength or whatever. It's not really his his style anymore. No, I, I, I look at it from the aspect of he's never had weapons like these, like like this, not, at least not since years ago when he had Randy Moss and Wes Welker. I mean, it's been a long time. And, and when you combine all that with a, with a, a better O-line um, and hopefully an improved run game, I, I just see, I see a very, very productive offense. Let's talk about the run game. Ronald Jones had a presser yesterday. You know, very impressed with him. Wants to become, of course, a, a top five, top ten back. Thinks he can mm-hmm. do that. In your opinion, do you feel like he works in this offense because of what I've said, the propensity of Brady throwing to his running backs? And do you feel like Rojo can be that guy that catches the ball out of the backfield? 31 catches last year, but, of course, in a Brady-led offense. And, and I get it, it's Arians' offense, too. Mm-hmm. You're still going to get those opportunities, right? Yeah, no, he will. He'll he'll get his opportunities. But I mean, we, well, we heard from Arians um, not that long ago say that hey, Rojo's the guy in terms of like the bell cow back. He'll, he's going to be the the first and second down, you know, back, um, which I think he should be. I, I think he's earned it. Uh, he he showed a lot of promise that in that second year. Um, from what we heard from him, he's put on a little bit more, a little more muscle, a little more weight. Um, and he said he's learning from Brady, learning how to become a better uh, pass catcher uh, as a running back. So that'd be huge. Obviously, I don't. I don't think he's going to be as. I don't think that part of his game is going to be as needed uh, mm-hmm. after getting a guy like Lashawn McCoy. Uh, we we heard you know uh, Arians talk about that McCoy's role will mostly be a, a pass catching role, which is huge. I mean that that guy. I mean I looked through his stats of the day. It's like I don't know how many seasons he's had fifty or more catches. Uh, he's he's a pass catching machine out of the backfield. Um, so if you already have him on 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 deck. You don't have, you don't need so much from Ronald Jones to to, to do that, it, it, which was never his like you know cup of tea to begin with, especially coming out of college. But he's improved that part of his game. He has. Um, but I'm excited to see what he can do because I thought I thought he had his moments last year for sure. Obviously, you know with with uh, what they had last year with with Peyton Barber and him, he had to go back and forth. But I think you give Rojo a full go here. I, I think he could be a special uh, a special guy coming out of the backfield. I do too, and we're on with Kenny Morales of Spectrum Sports here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. It's the Sports Web. I'm your host, Peter Blake, on the Landry Football Network, live on Bucks Report. So, well, what do you think the impact of McCoy? I know we've heard the presser, but you know how many touches a game? And he talked about this. One of our own, uh, Joshua Cole Allen, uh, asked him the question. He didn't really care, but how many touches a game do you think you can get a Lashawn McCoy with a Ronald Jones and a Keyshawn Vaughn and a Dare and and uh, yeah. it seems like, you know, it's become a strength now instead of a weakness like it was right. the past couple of years. It's a lot of mouths to feed. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of mouths to feed. I feel like with if you're going to bring LaShawn in, I got to imagine that probably relegates Dario Gumbawale a little bit. And maybe that you put McCoy in that position where he's more of the third down back. If I were to guess, I mean, if I were to uh, go ahead and, and put numbers out there, I, my guess is that LaShawn maybe gets – you know, five to eight carries a game in terms of just rushing attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's more so going to be, you know, the the third down pass catcher. Uh, I think Ronald Jones is the guy that you'll see get 15 to 20 touches a game. And maybe Kashawn Vaughn, you know, maybe get 10 to 12, something like that. I think it's split. I think it's split like that. I'm curious to see what happens to Ngubo Wally. I think he was really good. I think he's a very talented player. I'm, I'm pretty sure he participated in special teams as well. Um, but I would think that with LaShawn in there as the veteran presence that he is and the fact that we heard Arians mention that he will be the third down back, I'm curious to see what his role in this offense is now. In your opinion, could he be the odd man out? And if it's not Dare, who could you see on this team? You have 11 wide receivers. Uh, of course, that would be you know a, a battle that you would watch in the preseason, but now not having any preseason, only having 14 padded practices. Yeah. Players, do you see possibly getting cut off this team that some fans may know or some fans may not? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you'll see Dare go out just because I think he's a guy that is familiar with the playbook and has been there for a full year, and he certainly earned the the trust and respect of of, of Arians and that coaching staff and that and, and the Bucks franchise. I don't know. I'm curious to see. I, I I think you might see some. I mean, obviously, you might see some of those draft picks you saw um, picked out later from from. Not even just this year's draft, but but last year's some guys that you know maybe weren't able to to produce at the level that they were expecting them to. I mean, look at MJ Stewart. I mean, it, I, I was I was surprised. I mean, I know MJ Stewart kind of fell fell through a little bit and wasn't really getting a lot of playing time, but I was surprised to see him cut. I mean, that's that's kind of well. I mean, that's kind of the the, the world the NFL is in now right now, right? You just if you're not producing within these first. Two years, uh, teams will let you go, and that's just how fast it is now. They're not willing. I mean, it depends on the franchise, but the Bucks are in a mode right now where they're not looking to. I mean, they're, they're trying to develop, but right now they want guys that can play and produce immediately because that's what you're trying to do, right? You only have a small window here with Brady. Yeah, be out here trying to, you know, not saying he needed it, but like hold guys' hands and like, hey, we'll we'll. We'll walk you through and get you producing in, in no time, right? Two, three years. No, we need you producing now or within the next year. And MJ Stewart, unfortunately, couldn't um, compared to some of those guys, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, who I think are very special. I think they're really good cornerbacks. I think the secondary is going gonna, is gonna to really take a step forward this year. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you. A lot of people are saying that could be the weakness because they're, they're not big-time names, but they're, mm-hmm. they're so young. And then on top of it, because they got that, you know, that second half experience, the way the defense played, they brought all the starters back. You almost feel like that was a great thing to get rid of a Vernon Hargraves, who's not giving a maximum effort because mm-hmm. you open up that playing time to a Carlton Davis, a Sean Murphy bunting, and the corner that could be the most physically gifted out of this trio, a Jamel Dean. Yeah, I mean, all, all those guys. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see all those dudes, especially, I mean, Towards that that latter part of uh of last last season, I mean, all those dudes, especially I, I like I, I'm a big fan of Carlton Davis myself. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna. I expect big things from him this year. Uh, I, I'm curious to see. I don't. I'm not gonna say he's a he's a Pro Bowl caliber corner, 
But I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I think he can take that next step forward and be one of the better shutdown corners in the league because, I mean, right now, you know, you go, you can go around the league and name a couple of guys. The Bucks really don't have that kind of guy where you can say, hey, if we put him on their best receiver, that guy's, that guy's done for the night. Um, the Bucks don't really have that right now. It's more so a committee effort. Um, if they can get someone like that just to develop even, even close to that kind of shutdown level corner, that would be huge. Definitely would be huge. Coach Arians even talked about Davis becoming a top 10 corner with the way he was defending a Julio Jones and, of course, a DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins, who are no slouches, probably the top no. in the league, and he's shutting him down. Uh, speaking of shutting down, college football could be shut down uh, this year. Do you buy that? And if it is shut down, are you okay with the NFL changing course, going to Saturday games, and then pushing back the draft so college football can have that spring to play their season. How do you feel about that? So I'll answer the second part first. I'm 100% okay with that if, if the NFL were to make that move. If college football was gone, yeah, I'm totally cool with the NFL making the move to, to playing on Saturdays. That's probably their best call um, in, in my eyes. And then, yeah, if they can if they can move the NFL draft back, that would be awesome. I, I think that's the best course of action. I, I honestly, it's funny. I was doing a radio radio interview earlier this morning, and he asked me the same question: like, do you think college football is happening? I have no idea. I really don't know. Um, I, I, because it's such a fluid situation. Like four or five days ago, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 announced conference-only schedules. Right. Said, hey, we're playing, right? But we're only going to play conference, so we're going to mitigate this thing, right? And it'll be okay. And then, not even a week later, they're like. Just kidding. We're not playing at all. So, like, I think that it, the issue is the issue here is there's a big disconnect from the top to bottom across all of college football because there is no like big leader at the top, right? Whereas with the NFL, th- there is nothing like that in college football. Um, and the issue is all these schools, these school presidents, these these conference uh, commissioners, they're now hearing from their their medical advisory boards, and the information they're hearing doesn't seem to be very good. Otherwise, why are they postponing fall sports, including football? So, uh, but from what I've seen so far, the Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, they seem to really be all about pushing forward. I'm curious to see how that holds up. If so, what happens to the college football playoff? I mean, do you just just go for it and you just go with three power five conferences and then you you pick your, your top four from there? Or do you... Do you make a group of five conference like the American, like a, a temporary power five conference? I don't, I don't know what you would do in that aspect. And then what does what does the Big Ten and the Pac-12 do in the spring for a championship? Do they just play each other for a title? I, it's just very confusing. And that, that it goes back to the point I was saying. There's just no leadership at the very top because the NCAA, the NCAA doesn't have any leadership over college football. And it, I think this shows. They probably should. <laughs> Are you surprised, Kenny? And we're on with Kenny Morales. So Spectrum Sports does a hell of a job on there. And I know he's covering uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Orlando. talked about the Orlando Magic and everything that's going on there. Are you surprised that a Trevor Lawrence hasn't opted out yet? And what does it say for Lawrence's leadership skills? Because you turn on the tape. Everything mm-hmm. is there. The resume speaks for itself. The body of work is there. It could be the number one overall pick if this draft happens in 2021, which it looks like it's going to. Could yeah. later, 
But for me, when I'm a general manager or an owner or coach, and I'm looking at what he's writing about on Twitter, how he's trying to take that leadership role, how much more do you feel like, man, I got to draft this guy. This guy's a can't miss because of that leadership quality. Yeah. I mean, uh, he is he is the quintessential like leader you want in your locker room, right? As a starting quarterback, you can't ask for much more. I mean, this guy clearly I, – I was impressed with him from since uh, – I got to cover him in high school uh, a couple games. He played uh, a couple teams from my – when I was in Tallahassee, I covered South Georgia. And he played a couple of the South Georgia teams we covered in playoff games. And even then I was like, this kid is leaps and bounds better than everybody else on the field. This is unfair. I feel bad for these kids out here. Um, no, he is he is 100% like a quintessential leader. And he's whatever team ends up getting him is going to be incredibly happy they have him. Um, and to build around and the opportunity to build around him. Um, I, I'm a little surprised, but I'm not that he hasn't opted out because he's a guy that loves football. I mean, I, I think a big thing for him, especially, you got to remember, he just lost the national championship. Um, he just lost to Joe Burrow. That's got to sting a little bit. Um, I would imagine that's something that he's like, you know what? I know I already won one, but I don't want to go out like that. I want to go out a winner. Um, I know he's, he loves Clemson and he loves Dabo Swinney. So I, I got to think that probably plays a part. Now, if they were to switch to spring, mm-hmm. that might be a different story. Maybe we do see him opt out because that's a little different then. But if they were to play in the fall, I would think he plays. Three quarterbacks, your final question. Joe Burrow, Tua, or Trevor Lawrence, you've got to make the draft call. You're the general manager of your favorite football team. Who are you taking and why? Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. I just, he is, I mean, everything. He, he checks all the boxes. He checks every single box. I mean, size, strength, arm strength, uh, his, his mind. Uh, if you watch him play, I mean, he, his legs too, he's pretty mobile as well. Um, he showed that in that game against Ohio state, the, the, the semifinal. I mean, this kid is just, He's got it all. Uh, he really is the future. I, I think he's going to be like all pro, all pro, all pro, like multiple time first team all pro quarterback. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is is a once in a generation type of quarterback. And whoever he ends up getting, whoever he ends up landing with is going to be a team that is going to be one of those teams that even if they don't build around him well, if they for some reason just struggle and, and miss on picks on picks on picks, He's going to have them in a position to make the playoffs at the very least every year because he himself is going to be able to carry them. Good stuff. Kenny Morales of Spectrum Sports. Go ahead and promote yourself here on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television, my friend. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, um, for anyone who wants to watch, uh, we got our show every night on Spectrum Bay News 9, 30-minute sports show, Spectrum Sports 360, 10.30 every single night. We cover it all. Rays, Lightning, Bucks, USF, FSU, UF, Miami. Um, cover all the national stuff too. And uh, if you guys want to hit me up on social media, at Kenny Morales TV on Twitter. I can't imagine doing a 30-minute sports talk show. I, I'm so locked in now with three to four hours. I go three hours here on Bucks Report and the Landry Football Network. So don't be a stranger, Kenny Morales here. Absolutely. Web, all right? For sure, man. Happy to be on anytime. We appreciate you. There you go. Kenny Morales of Spectrum Sports, thanks a lot for your time here on the Sports Web. Uh, so we'll read these comments. We'll get Rick Hughes on, but we're running out of time. I mean, look, you had the Al Keck show. You had Big Nasty and Rod Higgins talking about 
the Super Bowl and going after WrestleMania. And now you have the Sports Web Buccaneer edition. So we'll try to get some more calls. I know I missed some. So I'll tell you what we're going to go ahead and do. We'll go ahead, round robin, really quick. Who was calling in? Let's see here. Let's go out to this number here. Uh, they called. We'll get back, uh, Rick, to uh, end the show. But let's see who this was. This is what we do here on the Sports Web. I, I do. All right, you're on the Sports Web. You called my number. What's up? Hey, Pete. What's going on? What's up, buddy? It's, it's Ron, Pete. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good, man. So uh, we're on, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're live right now on the Sports Web. On the, uh, Absolutely. Yes, you're live. Still with uh, Rick? Uh, Pete? Yeah, I got I got Rick here. Rick's on. Uh, let me put Rick on. Rick, go ahead. Uh, this caller wants to talk to you. What's up, buddy? Oh, okay. Hey, Ron. Hey, Rick. How you doing? Good. It was uh, just kind of, kind of something I wanted to ask uh, both of you guys. Okay. Back on. Uh, I know you were mentioning earlier, uh, Pete, Rick, about uh, when Lovey came in here. And, um, I mean, I, I know it's the past, but I know that, that like, during that time, that was uh, one of the years I was a season ticket holder. And uh, it was disappointing, to say the least. And I remember when the hire uh, took place. I was kind of happy about it. I was thinking, man, you know, this team's going to maybe go in a good direction. Got a, got a coach. Got some lineage. Got some, uh, you know, has a, uh, you know, a, a experience of being a head coach. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to say, uh, wh- why do you think the defense kind of uh, regret? I think the defense. Uh, you think it's, uh, go go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you good, Keith. I just want to mean, do you think it was like, what, what, what happened to the regret? Do you think it was more just the, the, the players not fitting I mean, maybe Lovey's. Yes, and uh, yes, and yes. I think the players didn't necessarily fit. I think you were trying to run an archaic system, which worked uh, in the 90s and the early 2000s. But obviously, the NFL catches up. It is an emulation league. So that's why the defense didn't get better. On top of it, you didn't have the horses to run that Tampa 2 style defense. So that's why the defense regressed. And when there was a story out there, when Lovey went to the Glazers, and talked about some of the changes or non-changes he was going to make. It didn't necessarily appease the Glazers, and that's why they decided to go with the Dirk Cutter. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it kind of does. Just to add to that, uh, Rick, Pete, I remember, too, you remember they were kind of overpaying. You had the defensive end, Johnson. Yep. It turned out to be a disappointment, and I think Lovey brought some players over, too. That yep. I don't, wanna, I don't know if I want to call them retreads, but like right. Tim Jennings. And- yes. He also had his family – as head coaches, I mean, as as position coaches, I, I believe his son, his son, yeah, his son, yep. yeah, and and the players apparently were not impressed with his son's coaching, and I think I think that's probably where the conflict came in. Is the organization said, "Look, you're going to have to you're going to have to change up the coaching." I know the players basically rebelled, and um, I think Lovey it was loyal to his people, and that's you know right. that that's where that. <laughs> that's that's where it, it's where it came from and you yeah. know to me uh, just all that and all the expectations of lovey smith he was a playoff winning coach but there was a reason why he got fired supposedly he was in a basement you know trying to put this together and it was just <laughs> it was a disaster it really was it was disappointing i almost feel like if the bucks would have kept lovey smith even though the defense was so bad with dirk cutter at being an offensive coordinator, I kind of act. I, I kind of feel like the offense would have been better off because he was the guy in the middle of that that would tell Dirk Cutter, "Look, we need to run the ball a little bit more." Once Dirk Cutter became the coach, 
Then the offense changed and, and it went from, you know, having some type of balance, which is why you drafted Winston in the first place with the pass play action to just a pass happy offense, which I don't think worked at you could all. not score enough points yes. to make up for the Lovey Smith defense. Yeah, you're, you're true. You're right about that. I hate to cut this short. You have to call back tomorrow night. Thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you. All right. All right, Pete. Rick, you guys take care, man. Uh, have a good night. night as always. All right, guys. I appreciate you, buddy. I, I don't want to cut it short. I want to go out to more phone calls because we got some here. We'll go very quick with these. Uh, I'm trying to get every call that we can get because we're running down. Rick, thanks a lot for your time. Let's see if we can get some more calls here. Okay, the phone is ringing. Somebody went to bed. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to the Sports Web. What's on your mind? What's on my mind? That's Tampa Bay Lightning, baby. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Woo! Who's calling the Sports Web? Who is this? It's Shooty Shoots. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? We're running down. I wanted to make sure we get everybody's call. Uh, your thoughts on this. Five overtimes, 150 uh, combined shots from both goalies. But this was a win the Tampa Bay Lightning had to have, right? Oh, man. If they lost this game after pretty much dominating Columbus, with the exception of their goalie's amazing record-setting performance. That guy, you can't take anything away from what he did, but they dominated that team the entire game. And after losing, you know, the the series last year, getting swept, imagine if they gave up that goal in overtime number five. How just, just mm. how, the toll that that would take on the team. And, and I think that, you know, it's a little too early to say it's a turning point in the series after game one. Right. But after you've played, you know, eight periods, I think you can say that based on, you know, the history of these two teams. So I'm excited. I, I called it on our post game show. I, I think the Lightning can turn around and return the favor and sweep them now. I think they got that confidence back. They just got to beat that goalie. Yeah, yeah got to beat that goalie. Uh, he, he, I don't think he can do the same thing he did tonight. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it's unbelievable. And, you know, with the Lightning and and all the scoring opportunities they had, credit to – give credit to where credit is due, the Columbus goalie. I can't think of his name right now, but he was just standing on his head and almost reminded me of um, the, the goalie last year that they lost in free agency to Florida. So I said, oh, no, not again. But the Lightning pulling this out was a huge win. I hate to cut you short because I know it's the first time you called the sports web, but please call it again and definitely don't be a stranger. We'll talk hockey. We'll talk football. I know what you're doing with Shooter and Stash. Guys, if you have not tuned in to his podcast, what's the podcast called again? It is called We the Thunder. We the Thunder. And, of course, Shooter and Stash, they do amazing cartoons, amazing animation, just good stuff, great, funny Uh, It definitely relates to the Tampa Bay area. I'm a Tampa Bay boy. I'm from here. I'm a Floridian all my life. Every time I watch this production, I just love it. So definitely uh, keep on uh, watching that. And definitely don't be a stranger here, Shooty. All right? Hey, thanks, man. We we try our best. We try to offer the comic relief to being a Tampa (laughs) Bay sports fan. And you know. You know we need a little of that. Absolutely, my friend. We definitely need that. We need that on the sports web. We need that a part of Bucks Report. So, like I said, don't be a stranger. Thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate you. All right? All right. Take care. All right. I I hate to cut it short. I mean, I could do four hours, and you know I could. 
But we got other programming, and of course, I got to sleep. So, Rick Hughes, go ahead and promote yourself. We'll get out of here. <laughs> okay, I'll do this quick. Just go to uh, go to the website, cheapseats.live. You can get any links there to my Facebook, to my Twitter. It's all easier. Just go to that one place, cheapseats.live, and you'll you can figure out where to where you'll see me. Uh, don't forget on the thirteenth after Peter's post game show. We've got my first Cheap Seats live show. It's going to be a blast. Please be there. I think you're going to love it. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. All right. Good stuff, Rick Hughes. Thanks a lot for coming on the Evolution of Sports Talk Television. All right, my friend? You have a great night. All right, buddy. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, I got a call. I'm going to take it real quick. Sean, the sports don, you've got about one minute. Make it as quickly as possible. I got to get off of here, buddy. What's going on, Spot? I'm just calling you, brother, to say, man, keep doing your thing, man. I love, I love enjoying what you do. I enjoy. Uh, I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening to you. A delayed in my other ear. So <laughs> let me just tell you something, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Go Bucks. Go Lightning. Go Rays. And let's just keep it like that. And I'll call you back, man. When when I got bored in a minute. How about that? Sounds good. Sean, the Sports Don, a former co-host of the Sports Web. But once you're a part of the Sports Web, you're part of the Sports Web for life. Oh, Thanks a lot. Part of the Absolutely. Uh, so fresh and so clean, Mr. Sean, the sports Don. Thanks a lot for calling the evolution of sports talk television. All right. All right, brother. You have a good night tonight. All right. All right. Absolutely. I will. It has been a great night an exciting night. Of course, the Tampa Bay lightning beat the Columbus blue jackets five overtimes, three to two, uh, to pick up the first, their first playoff win since 2018. Thanks to, of course, Mr. Rick Hughes from the cheap seats, Kenny Morales of spectrum sports, We'll have tomorrow night, Mr. Chris Landry, and of course, all your phone calls, the web heads. Join the 65,000 following we have here on Facebook, of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and a part of the Landry Football Network, the Chris Landry Twitch channel. Do three things for me early on this celebration Wednesday morning. Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake. Have a great night, and go Lightning. <laughs> Sports Web, a sports talk show for the hardcore fan. Bring your passion, bring your excitement, just don't bring any nonsense. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the five hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HE Travel at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.